0: When you need your work truck to work as hard as you do, trust Delphi Technologies to deliver the parts built for the toughest work environments. From construction sites to long distance hauling, go with the aftermarket supplier known for its 100 plus years of OE heritage and expertise. Go to DelphiAftermarket.com today. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Hannah Ryder-Ross, and I'm the producer and technician behind the Great Canadian Aftermarket Podcast. As we wrap our first year, join us as we take a look back to 2021 with some of our top episodes. Our guests and colleagues reminisced about their inaugural vehicles in the My First Car miniseries. Here's Zara Wischloth with his first car story, and one of our most popular episodes of all time. As always, thanks for listening. Be well. And we'll see you next year. Hello, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Ross. Now, the aftermarket is filled with stories of that first car that was coveted from afar and the ones that got away. Now, for Zara Wishloff, owner of Automotive Parts Distributors, APD, uh, the story is not that dissimilar, except here's the kicker. He still has it. Hello, I'm Andrew Ross. Uh, welcome to the Great Canadian Aftermarket podcast, My First Car series. Now, my first car was a 1980 diesel Jetta that was certainly not the first one I drove. Uh, there's more about that later. There's some stories. But I'm joined here by uh, Zara Wishloff. Now, Zara, uh, owner of APD Auto Parts Distributors in uh, Western Canada, still has his first car believe it or not. Uh, So Sarah, tell me about the car, tell me why you still have it and uh, tell me a little bit, tell us all a little bit about kind of how it's helped form or shape your aftermarket career and life and whatever.
1: You bet Andrew. Yeah, no, it's a story that I I, I tell often actually. So my first car was a 1967 Cougar. Uh, So as a high school kid, I I definitely wanted a Mustang to be honest, if that's what I was in the market for. But any Fords and any Mustangs, I was looking at those those years, I just wanted a muscle car. Um, And what I did is kind of fell in love with the Mercury, uh, like the hideaway headlights, sequential signal lights of the 67 Cougar um, definitely got to me uh, early. So so that was uh, my first car. Now I I drove that and then obviously I had some other vehicles at the same time um, through through my 20s, but um, uh, that car was just um, just a big part of my life um I, I restored it during high school um in fact i had a—I I, I mentioned before that I, I used to work at a, a truck stop parts uh, department as a work experience in high school um, and they liked what i had going on so as i was working uh warehouse jobs and stuff i used to work for them part-time for extra money it was like i basically had three jobs for a while uh and i made a deal with these guys that uh, at the time I wanted, we sold stereo equipment and there was some really high-end stuff mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted to put a stereo into this Cougar. So I basically um, had a deal with them where I put, uh, you know, and this is the early nineties and I put uh, probably a thousand dollar stereo into this car at cost back then. Uh, so I had 10 speakers all hidden, everything oh, wow. looked uh, stock and sub boxes and amps and all kinds of crazy stuff. and. Uh, anyway, I did that. They they allowed me to to do that up front and I worked for them for free for a year to, to <laughs> basically to, to pay it off. So it, it was a kind of a win-win situation for, for us. But uh, so that was uh, that was my car. Um, the fortunate thing for me is I ran into so many people that had that story of, oh, I wish I never sold my first car. I wish I never sold my first car. Like, you know, so I, I heard that enough times that I I try to listen to people lots to, to not make mistakes. Uh, it helps me. And uh, I heard the story enough that it was like, okay, it seems like a bigger deal. So at times when I could have, you know, maybe used the equity or, or wanted to move on, it's like, ah, no, it sounds like that will be a regret when I'm uh, in my forties or whatever. So I just managed to, uh, to keep it all this time. So the, f- the fun part in my world is uh, so I've got two boys, they're, they're they're spread apart by 10 years, but uh, they both, Got to use my same car at their graduation days which uh, was pretty pretty amazing so that's awesome what color is it 60. it's uh it's a red it's red so red. Of course um, it's red. again i i had uh yeah <laughs> of course it's red. I of course and and the body was it, it was a california car so it's actually like never had any rust issues or or any of those things um i did the kind of the theory of um i always wanted to, to, to look stock but but tried to you know i did things like um, four wheel disc brakes back before that was really that was hard to do back when I did it so basically back then you needed to find a Lincoln Versailles which is the weirdest and ugliest car almost that it was ever made but uh, it had a ford nine inch uh, rear end that had disc brakes on it and you could it would actually bolt right up to the uh, the frame of either Mustangs or Cougars and uh, and uh, so I did like modifications like that that you would never know. Um, basically, the car looked, looked like it was stock, but uh, I was adding the performance. And through the years, a couple times, I you know did the threw some money at it uh, to, to make it fresh again or make it fun. Um, so you know, did the now it's not stock by far. It's got a stroker engine in it and it put, power steering you, you know you start to drive these newer cars that are fun um and then you realize when you are driving the old muscle cars like they're they're always cool at first and then the reality sets in right you got your oils dripping the steering's hard it's a, it's uh it's not as glamorous after after a little while that once you start almost trying to daily drive them so um so yeah i i um, I, I added some of those lot more modern uh feel i guess if you want to call it that to Make it funner to drive, and uh, it was easy for me because I kind of had that template to work with. Like I probably wouldn't have bought, you know, what it what it's worth, and then spent the money on it to to add these things. But uh, it kind of made it easy because I just had this thing that owed me nothing, and uh, I could I could keep uh, modifying it a little bit. So
0: sure. Well, it sounds like uh, you know it does. It serves a bit of a dual purpose. One, it's a nice connection to the past, uh, uh, and also. Uh, Bit of a reminder of the past and what uh, what what good used to feel like, and uh, uh, you know how uh, it maybe pales in comparison with with today, and how far automotive technology has come,
1: right? Oh, 100 percent. You respect it, uh, but it's it, yeah, it's it's just a great way. Uh, just learning, you know, I kind of a self-taught do-it-yourself guy, and uh, and uh, working on things like that also give you a little more confidence to to and give you the basics of what's going on in these new cars now when you're working on it too. Right. Because it's, they are quite simple in the, in the old times, but also just kind of um, there's also no comparison to just like real steel and the, the feel of, um, of a car like that. When, when, when you've been in them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you put your foot down, they kick, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's fun. To, they're fun to drive. I'll, I'll, uh, um, I'll never regret. I, I used that same car. I think I was, Maybe I was 18, um, but we, you know, I did a road, the high school road trip with a buddy down to BC and uh, down to Peach Fest and things like that. So uh, the car has seen some, some good times as well through, through, through everything. But uh, yeah, I don't, uh, don't drive it that often um, anymore, but uh, it's sort of, it's a timing thing or more that you need the time to, to, to get out and enjoy them. But, uh, but I've definitely, again, I, you know, if I, if I ever heeded any advice, it was uh, that I was able to keep it and I would recommend that most people do the same.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, thanks very much for uh for offering your story here. Really uh, good to hear that you heeded the advice of uh of the folks or at least uh learned from their experience of those who regretted having uh having uh, shuffled off their early uh favorite vehicles. So,
1: well, 100% when people see these things selling for $150,000 now that that they remember driving when they were twenty. Uh, there's a lot of uh, self-kicking going on out there for sure.
0: Good stuff. All right. Well, next time we get together, uh, you know, may, may, maybe we'll go for a drive if we're allowed to, you know, get that close together.
1: <laughs> yeah, you'll have to. You'll have to do this uh, a la Jerry Seinfeld, and we'll do yeah, the exactly. first car drives.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, you know what, down the road, we'll, we'll see. All right, thanks everybody. Uh, that's Zero Wish Lost First Car, and uh, join us next time. We'll uh, maybe have some other interesting
1: surprises and uh, recollections. Take care, everyone. Thanks, Andrew. You're listening to the Great Canadian Aftermarket Podcast. Brought to you by the publishers of Indie Garage
0: and Jobber Nation. Connect with us online at IndieGarage.ca and JobberNation.ca. A brand of chat-integrated media. Pothole damage to a vehicle's chassis is always a concern, no matter the size or time of year. If the worst does happen, you can count on Delphi Technologies steering and suspension parts to get your customers back on the road again. Learn more at DelphiAftermarket.com.